Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I am sitting across from Joe Kai, wonderful musician who you may recall that I interviewed in the past. And he's back. He's been traveling. He's playing. He's got his violin in hand. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Susanna. Yeah, Good you want to play, play a little welcome ditty? Uh, sure. Uh, Dang, that's nice. <laughs> I love it. Joe just said he was going to bring his violin, and it, it's it's. I think the violin will talk a little bit. Joe will talk a little bit, and then we'll meet in the middle. Cool. That somewhere. sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. You've got some really good shows coming up. I know uh, the one you're really excited about is the one at the Jack London Review, which mm-hmm. is going to be on July 27th. And that uh, place, Jack London Review, is on Southwest 4th in downtown. Yep. Tell us about that concert. Sure. Um, it's my first big show back in Portland, mm-hmm. uh, where I reside, uh, since the since I started my last tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started the tour in October and went to a bunch of different places after that. L.A., uh, New York, uh, Seattle. Promoting mostly Migrants? Yeah, Migrants, mm-hmm. the album, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah, which is, which I the thing that I released, the Mm -hmm. sound collection that I released. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also went to Nepal, uh, which was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, So now that I'm seven months kind of into the tour, I can re-present to to Portland everything that I've learned, everything that I've felt along the way. Um, And I think for listeners, it'll be an interesting opportunity to see how specific songs have changed and evolved over time um, over those seven months yeah right well because the collection that you made is is engraved it's there so how are the songs morphing and how are you are you putting them out again or are you is it just the live performance that's changing sure well um there will be a performance debut of daughter which is um, one of the uh new songs that i've written since since i've uh since i've uh, put out uh, migrants into the into the ether and we'll um, put that at the end of this podcast yeah yeah um so that'll be new for for portland audiences but mm-hmm. i would say as far as my general energy and the songs are concerned you know i i the album is titled migrants uh and those are that's a lofty it's a lofty word it's also a, a a very meaningful word um but then to actually travel around the world with that album meeting new people um, encountering different musical vocabularies, um, creating and collaborating with people in Seattle and mm-hmm. Nepal and Kathmandu. Um, I feel as though it has really expanded my musical vocabulary. Is it possible to play something that you think might reflect that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So I was in Nepal for, um, for 16 days, mm-hmm. uh, teaching at a school in central rural Nepal, uh, which is very flat and dusty, which is not what we assume, uh, with Nepal. Um, but yeah, it was, it's such an amazing place because of the fact that I think in the American consciousness or perhaps in the Western consciousness, we have a a concept of, of China. Uh, we have a concept of, of India. Um, Nepal actually borders both of these countries. Um, and so for me to be there and, experience and be a guest in a space um, that has a unique culture that is a blend of these these two different influences that I never would have thought um, could blend. 
uh, was, yeah, it was really, like I said, um, vocabulary expanding. So I guess there's a lot of slides. Uh, and the in-between notes, I guess. Mm. Um, what What do you think that says about a culture? I mean, I was actually mm. thinking about this because I was singing uh, some Judy Garland music mm, and mm, how she yeah. would also often do like a really lovely portamento and something really slow and just really gliding through every note in between. And then there's that mm. precision or what I would say is precision note to note. You know, there's how you get from one note to another, what does it indicate in culture, do you think? I mean, I guess I can only have my personal opinion of what that might be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, growing up playing classical music, it can be extremely uh, exact. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the in-between, those quarter tones or in-between notes, those are wrong notes. Um, Right. But when I'm able to play... Um, music that does have a lot of slides and glides into different notes. Um, to me, I feel as though it, it helps capture the fullest extent of of the emotion that we're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not happy, like happy, and then sad, and then angry. And, you know, we don't just kind of, uh, it's not, um, what is the... What's one zero zero one? Like, what's the word I'm looking for here? One zero zero one. Binary. Binary. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. Connor Thompson. Just FYI, he's really not on a mic, so he's you can't you don't know him, but <laughs> maybe we'll introduce you to him another day. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, emotions aren't binary. We don't just jump from one to the other. Mm-hmm. There are all these kind of in betweens, um, and. Yeah, and, and when, it, when any sound is able to capture some of those transitional moments, uh, to me, that is, ah, yeah. It, what really comes to mind for me, and this has just been on my mind a lot, mm. is our, I don't know if it's American culture, human, I don't know what it is, but our desire for things to be very binary, mm. uh, to move in a clear way, but that type of music tends to embrace more. And we're really moving in that direction in so many ways embracing more more stories more culture um yeah it's really interesting agreed and i mean i think dare i go too buddhist um go i dare (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean when you can hear a note and then it slides into a different note i Mm -hmm. think it, it helps you recognize, okay, these aren't two different notes, right? That they're really just part of one sonic landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and the way that you express how you travel between those those different notes that that to me is 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 in some ways more interesting than okay, you're playing a G like ah. right, yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. I love how we're like, what are we going to talk about? And then we're here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so cool. So you're also going to play on July 20th at Movies in the Park. Yes. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, the movie is Can uh, by an Asian... It's, it's, it's with Apano, uh, which is the Asian Pacific American Network of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is hosted by them. Um, and I get to open for 
for that crowd. I believe it's at Fernhill uh, Park up up in the north. I so, love that park. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. What a lovely way to spend a summer evening. Yes, hopefully it cools down from when this recording was made. Yes, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that is for sure. Yeah. So now um, you also have a music video mm. that is uh, Bam Bam's Lullaby. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so Bam Bam's Lullaby is a, is a song that I've been performing for a while now. Um, it's on it's on Migrants, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time it makes an appearance on an album. Um, on its surface, uh, it is a song about my 100-pound Akita, American Akita. She's, you know, Bam Bam is awesome. Um, the song is about yearning and, and missing and distance. Uh, so I kind of imagined what does Bam Bam feel when I leave the house, uh, when I'm not there? Um, does she, you know, have the emotions that I have towards my parents? Um, which is that my parents are in Seoul, South Korea. They moved back in 2008, um, and left, uh, me and my sister here in, in our, in our adoptive country. Um, so the geographic distance, uh, to navigate, uh, is, is, difficult enough, but at the very least it's fixed. Uh, whereas the cultural and linguistic gaps, um, continue to, you know, drift further. We, we, we continue to drift further, further apart. So it's so interesting in light of what's happening right now in America Mm -hmm. with, um, migrants and that Mm -hmm. when children are brought to this country and are immersed in our culture and our language, that it does distance them from their own family and people right and what that means yeah and the the difficulty in then navigating that um and then of course how do we make sure that that's how do we make sure to normalize that in a way um that allows for the validity of expression of the parents mm-hmm. um so sure my parents don't speak english but i think it's easy to then um be angry at them or look down on them for not um, having picked up a language. But I'm sure if I uh, moved to a whole new country at the age of 33 uh, and had limited social access, it would be extremely difficult for me to pick up pick up a new language. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a personal standpoint um, and something that I've been talking, having wonderful conversations with my therapist about, um, <laughs> it's, you know, how do we how do I create a vocabulary, um, that helps a vocabulary and language that is unique to the family itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than me like crossing my arms and yeah, like you have to speak English, um, or my parents being like, why didn't you like retain your Korean? Mm-hmm. How can we, you know, whether it's just sounds, whether it's, you know, hand motions or food, mm-hmm. um, or music, how can we, create a, a vocabulary um, through which we can communicate um, our, our feelings and our mm. thoughts. Well, that's so interesting in light of uh, Bam Bam's lullaby, because mm. it seems to me that there must be also lots of deep feelings about missing and longing and yearning between you and your, your parents. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, if you don't mind. Oh, there's a little now. chorus. Yeah, there's a little chorus in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I usually use a looping pedal, and mm-hmm. so there are all these different layers today. I just I brought brought my violin, so um, mm. so it's uh. Where 
are you? Where are you? Why did you go? Where are you? Where are you? Why did you go? Yeah, so it's almost a mantra for me. So mm. you know, getting to share that on stage with an audience, um, uh, and then you know, every time I'm singing that song, I'm also my my heart and kind of my brain takes this weird sonic shape and tries to reach across the Pacific Ocean and um, and empathize with uh, you know with my parents and, and their their journeys and travels. Um, mm. So when I hear of, you know, forceful separation of families um, uh, for the purpose of some supposed patriotic, jingoistic, nationalistic um, fervor, it's really, it's really sad that we um, have stooped so low and become so greedy and closed off um, that the family unit is not... Um, is not a, a a thing of of sanctity, right? Beauty. Um, yeah, it's so fascinating to me. Just those that simple, beautiful phrase you sang and what you played. When you listen with your whole heart, it's it's heartbreaking, mm. and that in our world right now, with these horrors happening right before us. There's a part of me, I think, that's afraid to listen with my whole heart because I know mm. the, uh, the, the this yearning, this this grief that everyone is feeling. Yeah. We're not quite. I, I feel as though I'm not really quite feeling it because it's it's huge. It's epic. It's a tidal wave. Right. I think we're all in a little bit of denial. Yeah. Um, and to a certain extent, and I speak for myself, have the privilege of being in denial, yes. um, which is that I'm not there and I'm not being separated um, and I can be in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you're fleeing violence, when you're fleeing poverty and you're looking to survive, all you want to do is survive. <laughs> all you want to do is live. Right. Um, there's something that, uh, there's something that I've been thinking about in the show, uh, in these shows. And it was a realization that I had, I want to say, during my time in San Francisco when I was performing there was plants, uh, you know, plants will naturally grow towards the light. Mm -hmm. And when you turn them around 180 degrees, uh, they will then curve back towards the light. Um, so that type of migration is, um, you know, that's, it's so natural. Mm, It's a beautiful analogy. Mm. You know, that's just nature. Yeah. It's like, it just wants some water and roots will grow towards water sources. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just as much as it needs. Right. Nothing more. Right. Well, I had the great pleasure of being at one of your concerts. And just to hear people singing with you yeah. is so joyful. Woohoo! It's just <laughs> great. I mean, and I'd imagine, you know, because you use the looper, you know, but people do rounds and just making music together. It's just the kind of healing that everyone needs right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a little selfish that, yeah, that the particular song that you're uh, thinking of is the song about mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we all, you know. I love that song. Yeah. I've made mistakes. So have you. I make mistakes. So do you. Um, and so getting everyone else to sing it alongside me is kind of my personal, like, ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's so great. Is your sister a musician too? Um, she is a wonderful violinist. She grew up playing violin. Mm -hmm. Um, she lives up in Seattle now and, mm -hmm. and, you know, works for, works for Amazon. Mm -hmm. So do you ever make music together? I mean, you must. We have in the past, mm -hmm. but it's, it's been a while, I think since, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, since we've jammed on the violin. And were either your parents musicians? Both were. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, my dad was a self-taught guitarist. Um, and my mom, uh, though she would never admit it, had a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. um, some of my fondest memories are um, of listening to her sing, whether it's, you know, she's washing dishes and she's kind of humming hymnals to herself. Uh, or my, my first memory ever, which is, you know, being on my mom's back and uh, having my ear pressed between her shoulder blades and mm -hmm. hearing kind of the, the, the murmur of her lullaby. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I've got some kind of funny questions, and because you brought your violin, we talked about diving into these questions, and then you can have a musical response, and you can have a verbal response if you're so inclined. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So what's, what's the strangest job you've ever had? What's the strangest job? Yeah. Oh, I guess I should explain. <laughs> um, let's see. I was a master's aide. I, I was, uh, which is to say, um, so I, I had the privilege of going to Yale University, and at Yale they have these residential colleges, uh, which is which are kind of like Harry Potter houses, um, and each uh, house uh, has a master. Um, and you have master aides, which are basically event staff. Um, when you're in a elite institution like Yale, you have some pretty intense alumni. Uh, please feel free to extrapolate, uh, the definition of, um, intense. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you're a student, I'm a student coming from a pretty poor, um, immigrant family and to be in the heart of New Haven, you know, with scotch and cigars and, uh, you just turned into Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, or like, and plus Sean Connery is weird. <laughs> um, but pouring lemonade for these people, uh, right, uh, was definitely an interesting exercise in, at the time, I guess, self-denial. So. <laughs> so fascinating to enter that world and to be yourself. How, how was that? I mean, that's a broad question. Yeah, I think I just didn't, I wasn't myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I slapped on a face and or slapped on a happy face. Of course, it's a job, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I can't, um, you know, rail against the, you know, the... The, the man. Right, the man <laughs> and the, the elite privileges of, of uh, the upper crust of uh, American society. So, yeah, I wasn't myself. That's so fascinating. <laughs> but yet, I mean, it sounds like a magnificent place to study. It was. I mean, I learned so much from my professors as well as I would say the most from the peers. Mm -hmm. um, I think 35% of our of my year was from California. Mm. Um, and so just to be surrounded by people who are so passionate, so smart, uh, you know, it helps me, it helped me realize, um, you know, what, what I value in life. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. So here's another question for you. What villain do you really feel for? <laughs> Do I really feel for? Well, earlier I was playing a... Uh... 
before we started recording, yes, Joe was playing that, and that just made me laugh. But I can't, re- I can't say I really empathize. Not with, with Cruella Deville. Yeah, you know, I'm who not... wants a coat out of puppies for right. heaven's sake? That's just wrong. But it's so soft, Susanna. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. It's soft. Pu- mm. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, a villain that I empathize with. I feel like a lot of the animal villains are just trying to survive as well. No, it's hard as an actor to really, you know, I mean, I guess I kind of empathize with all villains because I think, like, we've all made mistakes. It's kind of like the song. Right. I mean, some mistakes, puppy coats, that's a big one. Sure. One that I don't know if I, that's weird. Right. She seems to be at least partially in control of her faculties and her, you know, motivations. She needs therapy. Right, she needs exactly. therapy. Right. And that's what, so most villains, I think, oh, they, right. they weren't loved and they've yeah. got some, they've got some problems. I think Bowser, like, uh, from Super Mario, yes. you know, like he's just trying to live and, you know, be his turtley self. And, <laughs> you know, he's got the, these two guys coming in and like stepping on all his brothers and killing them all. So, you know. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's one more. What piece of culture, hmm. like a book, a movie, a TV show, changed the way you viewed the world? I would say th- there are three books that really affected how I, ch- you know, how I looked at the world, uh, and they were uh, "Their Eyes Were Watching God" by Zora Neale Hurston, um, "Les Mis," uh, and "To Kill a Mockingbird." Mm. Um, and to me, all of those books have the personal journey um but also connect it it connects that with society at large how can we push forward um and yeah and evolve as a community to be more inclusive and to um heal from from our past hatred and, and transgressions so would you like to try to play that sure sure yeah fun i just have to say to go out and watch live musicians whenever you can get close see instruments see people make music joe just sat here answered questions played music that came out of his body just like i don't know water comes out of the ground maybe (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming you've got these great upcoming events july 27th at jack london review on southwest 4th in downtown don't miss joe kai you can look at his website joe tons of cool information look for his album migrants sing along with him and then you can also see him on july 20th at movies in the park um which is going to be uh sponsored by a p a n o so look at that organization too and expand your mind have a great day and thanks for listening Yay. Thank you.
Candle and dinners filled with spam and ketchup to the neighbor Little he knows about the world he left behind receiver Hang up the phone if someone calls and you don't recognize her Lullaby is caught up in the memory of the past goodbye And spilling your guts to no one on the floor except your mother Filling your lungs with all the gases of your noble father Taking it back cause it was never yours to start it Over to your grandma's house she loved but never knew she had a daughter If I could be better and cooler Make it up to you If only you could have seen under my letter I would sit next to you I stayed in tune until the teacher told me I don't have it I gave it to the student, he forgot his dinner blessing Sit for the lesson, I can promise if you're patriotic Please don't leave this country that became a prison and a habit I play for you but mostly me, I need an answer How can you brood a tree that never had a chance to water? So let me drink to glory, days left in the distant future Yes we're out of space, the crowds are hungry and it's getting darker If I could be better and cooler Make it up to you If only you could have seen under my letter I would sit next to you If I could be better and cooler and taller I'd make it up to you If only you could have seen under my letter I would sit next to you Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.